0: hi welcome to another episode of the total clarity podcast i'm jesse hyatt
1: and i'm mike varley and this week we have a couple of new things a new new wrinkle or two in the folds here as we always try and iterate and experiment with what we're doing on the podcast the first thing might be obvious to those that are watching on youtube And that's that you're not seeing our faces.
0: Nope. Nope, we're not there. (laughs)
1: Nope, we're not there. Instead, what you're seeing is some footage that I took earlier this week, so that perhaps for some of the things that we talk about, we will have actual visuals to go along with what we're talking about. Yeah,
0: that's the hope. Anything that you see is from the root this week, so it at least links up in that way. Yes. And if it makes sense with the editing, which Mike does, if it makes sense to him, <laughs> to link things up even more, then they will. And if not, then it'll just link up in that basic way. Yeah.
1: So that's the first thing. The second thing is that this is the first time we are recording a podcast directly after a walk. So that's
0: true. This
1: is the fifth day of our week walking around the north of Queens. And we are going to leave after this, or tomorrow, to celebrate Jesse's birthday. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of time uh, <laughs> to do the podcast recording over the next couple of days, so we're getting it done now, but Jesse can definitely speak for herself on this one. This might be the first time I feel equipped to even do something like this after the walk.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if I feel equipped to do this.
1: That's why I said I mean, you can we're, speak for yourself. I we're mean, do,
0: we're doing it, so, like, I I better. But um, I have some coffee, I drink some water, and we'll see where this goes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I feel like it's the first time that I've had the, yeah, the physical, I haven't been as physically exhausted, so.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
1: So yeah, we'll see how it goes. We actually also tried to do a version of this while we were walking. We
0: tried. It was so loud.
1: Well, we don't know for certain if it was loud, but it definitely got in our heads that it was quite loud. So we've been doing our Use of Force uh, uh, recordings, which some of you may have heard. It's exclusively on the audio platforms at this point. We've been doing them while we're walking, but because they're much shorter, the, it doesn't really seem as much of a burden. We try and find areas that are already quiet, streets that are off to the side or parks, and we do the bulk of the recording there. And I like that the the ambience of just the walking around, yeah, but it gets to a certain point where there's just a lot of trucks going by and and sometimes there's jackhammers, and yeah. it really interrupts the flow. So, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to do a full episode that way. I hope so, but
0: I'm, I think we will. It, it'll just require kind of getting used to what noises actually interfere, which noises don't. And then also just kind of working through it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so we ended up doing like a 45 minute or an hour recording this morning, but it just got to the point where the flow was being interrupted too many times. So we said, all right, We'll just do it tonight.
0: Yeah, so here we go. Yeah.
1: So, let's begin. We're walking through North Queens this week. Last week we were in Northwest Queens. This week we're in North Queens. So, the exit out of our neighborhood is actually quite similar to the one that we took last week. That's right. Yeah. So, we start by going to Cooper Avenue up the street past uh, a place, a, a bar called Nowadays that we like uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit, This is an outdoor venue. Um, some of you may have been there. Some of you may have only heard of it and not been there. I would say go there whenever we can. Yeah,
0: it's actually, it, they just opened back up. I got an email just the other morning. I saw that they were opening back up. They were opening their backyard and testing that out, and apparently it was going well, so... Yeah. I guess that's an option now. Yeah. I hope so.
1: We should go back, too.
0: At some point, we'll at some point, we'll check it out. We'll see how it feels.
1: Yeah. They've been doing a pretty robust online program from what I can see. Yeah. They've definitely super engaged with the community and and trying to make this work during a difficult time. So they are worth supporting. Um, And yeah, so uh, that's the route that we take to get out of our neighborhood. And we go through Glendale along Cooper Avenue, and then it turns into Myrtle Avenue. And that area is similar to what our looks, ours looks like. Residential, not really a lot of stores. There'll occasionally be like a strip, but I wouldn't really call anything like a shopping center.
0: Yeah, it's a little more main streety, though, I think, than our neighborhood. Mm. Our neighborhood feels like the stores don't sort of like align with each other necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's lots of delis and then like a bar, restaurant here and there, pharmacy, etc. But the the Ridgewood into Maspeth part of the walk feels like, when there is a strip of stores, it feels like they all feel kind of similar in a way.
1: Yeah, I would consider, I mean, when I'm thinking about it, because both ends of the walk for this walk much like last week's walk it's a very narrow funnel we're only mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. streets apart so the the area that you're describing I would agree is is much more main street and neighborhood yeah
0: oh but I guess yeah I hear what you're saying the walk that we actually did today there's less of those yeah
1: when when leaving that area we go by a cemetery and there's stores kind of on the other side of the cemetery and there yeah there's it's not it's not like a walk around and shop place
0: right no not at all no
1: when it's a little bit more on the other side like that yeah but you know we're going through there at 7 30 in the morning anyway so right. there's, there's not a lot not a lot of people
0: walking around to shop at 7 30 no the
1: there's kind of like people walking their dogs I pa- we passed a, a few days this week these Italian guys that are just sitting outside a store across from the cemetery, mm-hmm. just kind of bullshitting. Um, but yeah, I mean it's kind of it's kind of a sleepy part of the area, which is why I thought we would be able to do the podcast over yeah. there. And it was uh, it was pretty good the, the previous day, but n- but not this day. Um, this week we happen to be doing a Sunday through Thursday week again in order to accommodate Jesse's birthday to give us some extra off time to give a true celebration hmm. so our first day on Sunday is one of these days that we we did a Sunday for our very first walk day and it's nice to be able to get out on a weekend to be able to see some of the differences. And among some of the differences are there's a lot of people going to church.
0: Mm-hmm. Although like our churches open, I guess maybe they are. We've seen people in their church clothes, mm-hmm. which I like. I always like the church clothes that people wear. But I'm just not sure if they're actually going to church or how that's working right now. Maybe there's some sort of outdoor church that's happening. Yeah. Makes sense though, too, if you've been going to church every Sunday and getting dressed up in your church clothes that you would continue to maybe wear them and go for a walk, even if you're not going to church?
1: <laughs> maybe, yeah. Well, we have a story about a church that I'll save until a little bit later in the route, but we did there we did see at least one service that was going on.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: So that's uh, that's a difference. I think a bigger difference between the weekdays and the weekends, of course, is that shops are closed or some businesses are closed on the weekends. Yeah. And we were able to take advantage of that as far as documenting differences when we were going through some of the industrial areas. Right. A lot of uh, different vehicle repair shops and things like that are shuttered and the parking lots are emptied and it's really interesting storefronts which I was able to take some photos of. Yeah. And I'm glad I did because the rest of the week they are bustling and really just not available for the same type of documentation.
0: Right. It's really wild those industri- industrial areas too how on like you said on a Sunday it's completely empty. Yeah. The streets completely empty, the sidewalks completely empty. It's quiet. It's really like peaceful in a way even though it's kind of dirty. But then during the week the there's lots of cars, there's lots of noise, there's lots of metal on metal sort of noise and vibes and sparks and stuff and then they, there's also a lot of activity on the sidewalk Yeah. whether it's like packing stuff or unloading pallets or all sorts of it's always interesting to me how the industrial areas of New York I always think you know like you rent space or or buy space and it includes what's inside but then it always kind of like overflows onto the sidewalk, which is funny.
1: Yeah, that is funny. A third thing that we've noticed is that the parks are considerably more crowded.
0: Yeah, we went on Sundays. F- yeah,
1: we went through Flushing Meadows Park on Sunday and it was absolutely slammed with people.
0: Yeah, it was, I was very uncomfortable. Yeah, We kind of like ran through the park. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was a little uncomfortable because there weren't a lot of people wearing masks, which is something that Jesse and I have talked about a little bit to speculate why that is. Because in general, people are wearing masks when we're walking around. The ratio I put it at, and somebody suggested we should do a clicker. Like one of us you right, know, click yeah. for masks and one of us, you know, don't. I think that was Brian that suggested that. But... I put the ratio at like 80-20.
0: Yeah, that sounds very right.
1: Which 80 people, 80% of people are wearing masks, 20% aren't. And then of that 20%, there is probably half of that are people that are in the immediate vicinity of their homes, and they're just doing little errands that they, I think gives them a feeling of immunity you know, where it's like, okay, I'm just going to be out for a second. I just need to put the garbage out or I just need to run to the car and get something.
0: Right. Or they're just like in their yard gardening or or doing something or like sitting on their porch or something like that where, yeah.
1: And whether or not that's the right move or not, I I understand the rationale that they have. Sure. It's like your house feels like an extension of you, and it's like yeah. Like,
0: like you we know. just talked about the industry people, the sidewalk is like an extension of your space right. in a way. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah. So it seems like traveling from place to place, people have been pretty respectful about the masks. But I think there's something about arriving at a leisure place that makes it feel as though it's okay to not have a mask on. Yeah. And I mean, we were just discussing this for in relation to your birthday. Like we're going to be we invited people up with the understanding that people may or may not feel comfortable. Yeah. And we're super casual about what the planning would be. And it turned out that a lot of people want to come up, which isn't surprising because Jessie's a lovely person no. and they want to celebrate her. <laughs> but, you know, we we're discussing what it is that it would look like to. To hang out with everybody and should we be wearing masks or whatnot keeping
0: distance is a pretty obvious one if we're outside wearing masks you know interacting with people it's there's there's questions and to some degree it's comfort level of everyone involved to another degree it's trying to find out what the latest information from the scientists is and what the most respectful way to go about it is and i i do understand you know when we're walking through flushing meadows it's we are traveling through also so we have the mask on and we're walking through the park and seeing groups of people all around and it's not that they're all far away from us but sort of like seeing it i know at the beginning of all of this time of covid or i guess not the beginning but sort of when People were leaving their houses. The weather was getting nicer. There were all those photos that were taken in a way that made it look like everyone was on top of each other without a mask on. And it kind of like even just in the park looking, it's overwhelming because you see a lot of people like we haven't been around people at all. So it's overwhelming to see a lot of people and then to notice that a lot of people have their masks off. But maybe, like, like if I went and measured the distance between everyone, it, like, it, I'm sure everybody's trying to do their best right now. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't. Nothing so...
0: against the park. Yeah. You know, it was, it was an anxiety-inducing experience for me, but it also, we just motored through yeah. and <laughs> went on our way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm not interested in feeling judgment because it'd just be overwhelming. I mm-hmm. see so many people, I mean, I wouldn't want to feel judgment anyway, but it's just not, it, it doesn't hold much point. Just wear the masks if it makes sense to wear the masks. And, you know, I was thinking about, there There are all these like posts on, uh, on the internet about like, I do this if. If you, if I can wear a mask, so can you. You know, yeah. Where it's like I work twelve hours a day, and it's a, you know, yeah. And I was, I was thinking like, in some ways, what we're doing is like a thing like that. But I wouldn't want to do that. Where it's like we're walking a marathon five days a week and we're wearing right. masks. If we're doing that, so can you. But it's
0: like it's you know? so obnoxious. Yeah. It's like I mean, it's all of honestly just the this in, the entire thing is obnoxious because the people that are. Fighting against wearing masks are also super obnoxious. Like, just shut up. Like, if you don't want to wear a mask, shut up and hide and, like, go, you know, just go away. But, like, and if you do want to wear, and you can wear a mask and you do want to wear the mask, good, great. That's, like, what we're supposed to be doing. I think we can all agree that's what we're supposed to be doing. But, like, the fighting back and forth and I, I, And the fact it's just hard. It's hard. We none of us are scientists. None of us are doctors. This the way that this works is that there's experiments and things get figured out and then things get proved and then they get disproved and they get built upon. And we're like all backseat drivers to the scientists that are trying to figure this out. And there's no real leadership and I don't think I'm going to say anything new right now <laughs> about this.
1: <laughs> right. Well, some of the funny things that I've seen in lieu of masks are like clearly that we pass by people sometimes and they're clearly aware they should have a mask on or they feel some some emotion seeing yeah. us in masks. And some people use their T-shirts
0: yeah, yeah. One. Sometimes people just put their hand in front of their mouth. Yeah,
1: I saw a little girl the other day who was playing with her neighbor, pass by me and she just put her hand over her <laughs> mouth and ran into her house. Oh. You know, so so there are definitely, you know, there's an awareness that like this is a thing that should be happening. Yeah. You know? And then one final thing I'd say about weekend versus weekday And I'll have to see if this is the case, like, truly the case or not as we continue. But I think there's less exercising in parks.
0: On weekends?
1: On weekends. Hmm. I think there's something about exercise routine that lends itself to weekdays more than weekends.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've noticed one way or the other. Yeah.
1: But we we I saw. I mean, we
0: definitely saw exercises in playgrounds. We were noticing that especially today. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> was...
1: So today we noticed two separate guys exercising, like using the bars of uh, you know jungle gyms, <laughs> in order to like do their pull ups. Push ups and their... pull ups. Yeah. And... and we saw so. <laughs> Somebody will have to tell us which one they think is creepier. <laughs> one was a guy in a bucket hat and a flannel shirt.
0: And boots. And boots. Like brown hiking boots. Yeah.
1: And he was like, you know, the ladders that kids use that are like kind of like curved. So they're like, they're not difficult ladders, but whatever, like the to get onto the jungle gym. He was doing like the standing push-ups. Yeah. So he was like leaning and just... I mean, it kind of looked like he was humping the the <laughs> stairs, you know.
0: After def- this this podcast is not suitable for children. No, not we're this like week. No. Click no. That.
1: no, hey, this uh, guy was not suitable for children, no. really. So it
0: wasn't like okay, it wasn't. It didn't look inappropriate. No, it was not. But we were at a playground to apply sunscreen. Like we were sitting outside of the playground near like the soccer fields to apply sunscreen and to use the restroom. And we were just, I think some of the children were like screaming. So we looked over and then they weren't screaming because of that (laughs) guy. (laughs) But then we noticed the guy and yeah, Mike said like how, you know, how you'd have to be like really either just completely unaware or like unfazed by like what that could look like. Yeah.
1: So yeah. And no, it didn't seem like any of the parents. Didn't seem like anyone cared. Really, I don't know. No. So, so that's one version. Yeah. The other version was a younger, shirtless man, sweating, like glistening in the sun, doing pull-ups.
0: Yeah, on On the monkey bars. I think. Well, it wasn't. It was like. You know, there's the two bars that are of different heights right next to each other. Yeah. But they both had hand rings hanging from them yeah. as well. But he was just using the bar mm-hmm. to do the, the, the not pull-ups, the one where you go up above the bar. You put oh, yeah. yourself uh-huh. up above the bar and yeah. then it's like a yeah. down downward pull-up. I have no idea what these... I I do not do any arm exercises. To be clear, I walk.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, so... So not only he was shirtless, and again, again, kids are playing around. Yeah. Uh, But also it's like a little more performative than the other one.
0: Yeah. Well, there also happened to be a lot of people near there because there was a... I'm assuming it was a food pantry line or some kind of meal line right. that was wrapping around the playground. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of the kids were from families that were in that line, and then there were some people just waiting sort of on the benches in the playground. Yeah. There were also two school safety police people in there. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, no. Yeah. There were two women that were... Um, I, I thought they were parking cops at first, mm-hmm. but then when we were leaving, I saw a school safety van pull up mm-hmm. and I actually like, I paused to watch cause I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to go in there and like talk to the guy? Oh. But then he was actually just delivering Popeyes to the, two women that were also school safety right. Right. cops. Yeah. So I guess they didn't, I guess it's fine. Yeah. I guess it was fine. And again, like not. It wasn't like either of these guys were interacting with the children at all. No. It wasn't creepy. They weren't being creepy. It was just like, I'm even a little like, I'm like, are we supposed to even be using the bathrooms? (laughs) You know? Um, So, yes, the things we noticed today. Right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't think any of this has had to do with any of the footage I've taken so far. So oh, definitely no, not. No. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, we walk through the Glendale, Myrtle Avenue area, and we go to, uh, on Woodhaven Boulevard briefly, and there we had a funny interaction on a Sunday, but I don't think this was weekend specific necessarily. I don't know. So the first day, first day out, we're on this walk, and there's this weird, weird, there's a interesting lattice of ramps that goes up to the pedestrian walkway that parallels Woodhaven Boulevard briefly. Mm -hmm. And so we are approaching this structure that, you know, is potentially like a little menacing, you know. There's it's like six or seven levels of ramps to, to go up maybe three stories or something. And yeah. they're long ramps and they're caged in. And particularly at night, I would imagine it is not a place that you would feel comfortable. You'd probably speed through.
0: Yeah, but during the day, I think it was, I don't know, it's, it's, out, it's sort of out of the way. It's down a street that was, because it was early in the morning on Sunday, it was empty. No one was there. But... The street was a neighborhood street. One side of the street was all residential. There was a little league field Mm -hmm. right at the bottom of those stairs. And then the other side of the street was a wall that divided from the highway.
1: Yeah. And so we're going up, we're making our way up the winding ramp section and we are encountered by a woman who is coming down the other direction and her first reaction to us is to say, Jessie?
0: So, so well, I'm going to back up a sec. We saw that she was coming, and we moved out of the way, made sure our masks were on. We're like, really just like, oh, okay, let's get out of the way. Felt like we were being really nice. And then, yeah, as she cruised by us, she goes... Fucking losers, take the bus! (laughs) (laughs) And Mike laughed.
1: I laughed because I couldn't think, like, I wasn't offended. I was like, she must be making a joke that, like, we're all losers in this situation.
0: Right. And I thought she was on the phone, but I was also thought it was funny timing. So I was like, excuse me? Thinking that she'd be like, oh, I'm on the phone, like, whatever, you know. But then she didn't say anything else, and she got to the bottom of the ramp. We got to the top of the ramp. I looked out over onto the street, and... This is, like,
1: 100 yards away from each other, Yeah, by the way. This is not like we're still close.
0: No, no. This is, yeah, like, three stories in between. And she's on the street at this point. And I look over to see just, like, what was going on? Is she on the phone? And she looks back up at us sees that I'm looking, and yells again, fucking losers! <laughs> so I guess it was directed towards us. I, um, I don't It definitely gave know. us
1: pause for, we were talking like, "What? what is it that possibly could have made this woman feel this way? Yeah. And so, I mean, we speculated that because of the menacing nature of the structure, she was scared maybe. Yeah,
0: like maybe she thought she was all alone in there, and then, got startled by us at being there and figured instead of startling her we should have taken the bus.
1: Yeah. Also she didn't have her mask on, so maybe she was angry that she would feel compelled to to take put her mask to on. Put it
0: on or yeah, I don't know yeah. what it was. Um But, but this it was,
1: is like Sunday at eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. Like, this is some real big midweek energy coming at us. I don't really know why.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know that I'll ever know why. There was a bus stop right after we got off, like when at the top of the ramp and we were on the street. Maybe that's what we were taking. Half a block. There was a bus stop. I know. Well, that's what I thought. Like, lady, maybe we're on our way. Didn't you just pass the bus stop? But also, maybe that's why she was thinking about the bus. I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. It was a funny interaction. I feel like we haven't been able to have those funny, weird, angry New Yorker interactions for so long, for real. Because we've been quarantining and isolating and when we go out walking, we're not really interacting with that many people. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite way to interact with people, but Mm. I also wouldn't say that I don't like it.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was very benign. As, all thing, as anything goes. Yeah, it There's, was funny. It was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a christening for North Queens for the week. <laughs> we end up from there walking along Yellowstone Boulevard, which is a road I had never known of before. Maybe some of you out there have heard of it previously. But I didn't know Yellowstone existed in any form in New York City. I didn't either. So that was pretty cool it took us through Forest Hills when we went, there was a section of Yellowstone Boulevard that was an underpass where we found this cool little project.
0: Yeah, it was called the Yellowstone Underpass Project.
1: Yeah, and it was essentially a community-led effort to rehabilitate this derelict underpass that I, I guess not only was an eyesore, but also kind of a danger to the community.
0: Yeah, so what had been going on in that underpass, I guess for a really long time, there's a precinct right there, the 112th precinct, and they had been storing cars underneath the underpass that had been in major accidents and were linked to criminal investigations. So cars that were just, like, totally smashed up would be under there for extended periods of time. And the precinct is right next to the underpass, but so is a school. Mm-hmm. And so the residents were really upset that that was something that they had to pass by every day when they're taking their kids to school. And I was reading about the this project after we saw it the first day, and... A lot of people were just saying, you know, it's just a reminder of violence and it's, you know, it's also an eyesore, but there's just so many layers, I guess, of of what made them feel upset that that was there. And yeah, they they were able to clean it up. They got a really small small grant. It was $2700 from a nonprofit that helped them out, and that was enough to totally clean it up and to put some public art underneath there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks great. That's one of the areas I actually didn't capture for video, so I wish I had something oh. to, to show more of. But yeah, they had a little mural that was done by an artist. It was like a modular mural.
0: Yeah, it was four geometric murals inspired by Mondrian. And they have Stencils of fruit, which I read, it's fruit from a bunch of different countries, Mm -hmm. and then also on each of the four murals are, each one has a different word, love, respect, tolerance, and resilience. They're all in English, and then they're also all written in 10 to 12 different languages.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool, and they have... A bunch of signs that are up as well that are in the style of, you know, normal bridge road signs, but they are references to what the area was like previously when it, I guess it used to flood a lot as well. Yeah. And so that was kind of interesting, done in an artistic way. There was a lot of plantings there. They also had. Painted on the wall, kind of their goals for the year, which was interesting.
0: Yeah, too. that was nice. I don't remember offhand what they were.
1: Yeah, I don't either. But they all were ach- achievable. Yeah. From what I recall, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really cool space, and one of those things that like we're hopeful we get to see more of as we do this walk. You know, these kind of smaller community things that would have no reason to actually show up on any searches, but something that we can just find in our own meanderings and possibly reach out to these people, which we did. We haven't heard anything from them to this point,
0: but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think those sorts of smaller projects are really exciting to see. I was trying to figure this out earlier. There's something about it that I always get so excited when I see something like that. I guess it's it's partially because, like you just said, Mike, you can't search for it. That's not something I couldn't really Google small, cool things in forest hills, or you know, there's like it's that kind of thing that you just kind of have to happen upon. And so that's feels a little magical in a way. But it's also a reminder that change doesn't have to be this massive thing that's totally overwhelming and out of reach. Ser- like significant change can happen just in your community and it can be, like you said, the goals on the wall are totally achievable and that's great.
1: Yeah. You know, and if
0: each person can do achievable goals, then the massive change could happen because of all of that. But it makes it feel a little less daunting and overwhelming and like it's never gonna happen when you can start thinking about things on a smaller scale.
1: Yeah, I, I looked up on the uh, my pictures while you were talking and it's not goals, it's actually accomplishments.
0: Oh, wonderful. Even... Yeah, what are they?
1: Accomplishments so far, more light by April 2019, car crashes removed quicker, community cleanups and gardening, a new community mural. Uh, yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: and then it gives a an option for how to be a part of it.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that was a, a nice, fun little thing that we got to experience. Um, and then from moving from there, we go into Forest Hills. And Forest Hills kind of brings to my mind something that we saw this week as far as neighborhood compositions. There were three new types of neighborhoods that we hadn't seen last week that I think are worth calling out and the first one was in Forest Hills which was this a different type of affluence than what we referenced last week in Long Island City which Mm -hmm. is these very beautiful well not always very beautiful but really there weren't like some
0: of them were yeah
1: I wouldn't say that there were a ton of Tacky ones, like you might see in other parts of the city. Most of them are pretty well done, large, presumably quite expensive homes.
0: Yeah, yeah, like standalone homes. Yeah, I don't know how big they. I don't know, like square footage wise. uh.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but they didn't. They
0: looked like the type of home that could have like eight bedrooms. Right. In it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But they didn't quite
1: have the distance that you might see in other areas from each other.
0: Like in the suburbs or something. Yeah,
1: but they definitely felt like individual units. They didn't feel connected in any way. No,
0: they definitely weren't connected. They were definitely standalone, but you're right. They didn't have, like, huge property. Yeah. It was just that the house was really big, and then there'd be a small yard.
1: Yeah. But there were, and then there were some other instances of these houses Forest Hills, I would say, is a little bit different and kind of, I think, in a way fits with how further west it is in relation to some of the other ones we've seen. But the, like Auburndale and out in Bayside, there's this type of neighborhood that is, I would consider it a blurring of Long Island and, and New York City, where it feels suburban, but it still retains... Enough of the city characteristics to make you aware that you're still in the city, such as you know, bus access and the park, the nature of the parks, the signage associated with the parks, the like the fire pull boxes, just a bunch of yeah, the fact
0: that there's sidewalks that run the entire way,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, just little trappings here and there which make it feel like the. Yeah, they, the ability for people to who want to still live in the city but want a bit of the suburban experience, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, more space or I don't know if it has to do with the schools or maybe even wanting to be able to get out to Long Island or just have more space, you know, have a yard or
1: have a car, have an
0: animal or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it definitely feels like it's you're on your way out there. You're on your way out to the island
1: yeah so then the second type of neighborhood i would say is one that we immediately hit after the forest hills section that we went through which is in like pominoch and around kew gardens and there was a couple of other instances of this and these are I think neighborhoods that I I wasn't really as aware existed in Queens or in the city in general, but I feel much more confident to associate with other cities, and that's kind of the condo complex situation. Yeah. Which are, there was all these buildings that, you know, they look very similar, uh, they're very nicely maintained, and they have a good, a fair amount of property, but they're all collectively owned property. You know, there's no like individual yards or anything. You kind of have your own individual entrance to your own space. Right. But they're all like courtyards set up so that, yeah, I mean, they, they made for very nice spaces.
0: Yeah, they seemed really nice that it was, but I think like an example of what you are saying about that is one day we walked by and there were two people sunbathing. And from the sidewalk, you can see both of them and they can see each other, but they were on opposite sides of the courtyard. There's no, like, shrubbery to distinguish property lines or anything like that. But it's a very nice space. There's benches in the middle. And, yeah, like you said, it all seems very nicely maintained. feels something like a retirement community.
1: There were a lot of elderly people that we saw around. I don't know if it's but exclusively I, Yeah, because I could
0: also see it being, like, I could see young families being there, anything like that, too. It just, it reminded me of what I've, when I've been in the suburbs and been to retirement communities, it has a similar vibe. Although, again, it's very much still in the city where you're not, I th- I usually think of those as being like in a cul-de-sac where you're, you know, you're turning off the main road and you're going into a condo area. But this was more
1: just right out we just there.
0: happened upon it yeah and then we passed through it
1: yeah it's it was a type of development that i associate more with like a sprawly city but i guess in some ways queens is kind of the the borough with the biggest opportunity to have sprawl so yeah so that was that was the second type and then the third type is might even be hard to really consider it a type necessarily but it was interesting enough to worth mention there are service roads that accommodate the various different major roads that go through Queens and we walked on a couple of them we walked on the service road for the Clearview Expressway and we walked on it for one more, the Cross Island Parkway. And I was really surprised with the quality of the homes there. Like they were very nice homes and like lots of yard space and nice quality houses. And, you know, my thought when I think about a service road for a bigger road is that it's not going to be, you know, a quality area.
0: Yeah. You often think it's still going to be really loud. It's going to be out in the sun. It's going to be, like, kind of dirty from being near the highway. And actually on the first day, we were looking at the map as we were coming upon the first service road, right? And we were saying, well, maybe we'll turn and go down the road parallel to that. Right. But then we were getting closer and closer and we were like, is that it? It Mm -hmm. looks nice. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, it was, somehow there were, so the two I can think of, one had like a retaining wall, so it blocked the noises from the highway. Yeah. And then the other had a strip of trees, like five, trees deep or so right? and that blocked the noise and also provided a lot of shade and yeah it was it was pretty peaceful yeah on those service roads
1: so it was while we were on one of these service roads that we saw the church service that we referenced earlier in the podcast yeah we we just happened to see while we were on the road this uh Church with many statues. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Big statues, colorful statues. Yeah. Yeah, it was about a block over, but we just happened to look over and see it. It was, I mean, it was hard to miss if we were looking to the left where it was. Yeah. And, yeah, we went to check it out.
1: Yeah, so we were uh, out in front of it just kind of looking, and then we were reading the plaque that was in front of it. And then a woman in a veil and a long dress came up to us and asked us what we were doing. And she was
0: very nice. She
1: was very nice. Yeah. And we it
0: wasn't like, what are you doing here? Get out kind of thing. It was more just like, hi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, we described what we were doing. And, and she told us that it was a traditional Catholic sanctuary. So, they were doing the Catholic Mass in Latin while we were there.
0: Is that what it was? Did you look it mm-hmm. up? Yeah. Okay. So,
1: they couldn't, we couldn't go in. Yeah. But well, we also, we couldn't go in. She's like, a, she was very, you know, nice. But she said, you know, you can't have shorts on. You have to wear pants.
0: Yeah. Or and a skirt. Yeah. I would have had to wear a skirt.
1: Yeah. And Jesse would have had to wear a head covering of some kind.
0: She said I'd have to wear a veil. Yeah. And I must have looked like, and I was like, oh, okay. But I must have looked like either, I mean, I was wearing a baseball cap. (laughs) She either just figured I didn't have a veil or maybe my face was trying to figure out, like, what could I use? Um, And then she said, but we have some you could borrow if you want, if you want to come back. Um, So, yeah, they were really welcoming, which was nice. Do you remember what it was called?
1: Yeah, it was Our Lady of La Salette Church so we we had actually we meant to
0: go back we wanted to go back today actually
1: yeah it just didn't work out we yeah. we took uh, a slightly different route
0: so, yeah maybe on a future route yeah. it was just it was a beautiful outside and yeah. it would be nice to see what it looks like inside
1: yeah so from there we uh, go through bayside and one day when Jesse was at the studio, I ended up stopping at the Bayside Diner.
0: You did. I
1: did, yeah. So the Bayside Diner is an interesting setup. It it looks like a temple, really. I don't know if I've seen many, if any, diners that are constructed in that manner. It definitely, I, I, I think I've heard of it before. Like it, it has a bit of a name for itself, mm-hmm. but, um, It may just be because it has Bayside in its name that it makes me, you know, think that I've heard of it. Maybe. I'm not sure. But it's the first time that I've been to a restaurant for the whole restaurant experience since we've had the (laughs) pandemic. And it was nice. It wasn't entirely normal. Yeah, no. There were pre-wrapped everything, you know, ketchup came in individual packets, salt, pepper, you know. Things came out on like uh, individual plates sometimes, you know, so that was interesting, but I also appreciated the fact that they were, you know, going the extra step to make that a thing.
0: Of course, yeah. Uh,
1: the, uh, the A giant tent had been set up in the parking lot, and so we were all sitting out on the parking lot and, you know, distance from uh, each other mm-hmm. appropriately, and I spent some time, you know, just... I had a cheeseburger because that's what I wanted. Sure. And it allowed me to have that diner experience that I haven't had for a while. Which and you
0: love that diner experience. I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it,
1: it made me, you know, just kind of reflect on what it is that a diner means kind of in a similar way to the bagel stuff from last week. And I, I came up with this kind of working thesis, which is the idea that A diner doesn't need to be good to be good.
0: Explain that. (laughs)
1: Unpack that. So the the idea for me is that maybe more so than even a good restaurant, the diner is very much about the ambiance and the experience and the expectation of what you're going to get out of a diner.
0: Right, right.
1: And it is a... It, there are chain diners, of course, like a Denny's being very famous. You know, right, example. or like a Perkins. Or... Yeah, yeah, or Did like... you
0: have Perkins? No. Oh. No. Maybe that's have... not as much of a chain as I thought it was. An I think I... it is. No, I think oh, it's is a it? chain. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, a, ch- a chain, yeah.
1: But an IHOP. An IHOP. But, I, m- I mean, the fact that they're... Because we
0: don't have to name all the chains. No, we
1: don't. The The diners here are strong enough independently that the chains... Aren't the dominant thought when you like? Think, yeah, you know? yeah. So, but the expectation of a you know a diner in this area—I mean, I would I could say a tri-state at the minimum—but like you know, New York City mm-hmm. is such for me that the food can be average, but it can still be a good experience. Right. In so far as I you know, the food's going to be pretty much what I expect it to be. The table is going to be what I expect it to be. I'm going to be able to stay there as long as I want. Uh huh. The service is going to be just a certain expectation. Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: I, some of these things maybe are canceled now with COVID stuff, but we're talking like, in normal times, what are you expecting from a diner? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And then I think there are, there are metrics that like you can start thinking about what makes a good diner or not based on like you know what are they giving you if anything prior to your meal. Right. And like I don't. Oh yeah. I don't need necessarily anything prior to the meal, but it's not unusual to you know to get breadsticks or bread or you know, some type of pickled things. Yeah. You know?
0: I love the pickled things. That's not something that I ever experienced growing up in Pennsylvania. No. The pickled stuff. That's, for me, that's purely been New York. Maybe sometimes in New Jersey, yeah, you'll get pickled stuff, but love it.
1: Yeah. And so, so th- those are the things that'll push it, like, even if the food is good or that is good, it could make a Great diner experience potentially. Yeah. But then there are other things that you would, you would think that, actually, are a greater drag on a dining experience or a diner experience than otherwise. Like I feel like price is actually an outsized uh, grade against a diner potentially. Right. Like if a burger is a couple of bucks more than you would expect, that is actually making for a worse diner experience than if the burger is slightly better than average.
0: Yes. I hear what you're saying. Well, you also, I feel like there's this this idea of how much something should cost when you go into a diner. So, if you see that it's a little bit more, then you're automatically like, all right, this better be the best burger I've ever had. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which like, it won't be. No. It's still going to be a diner burger. It's not going to be like Dumont or some other steakhouse burger or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I was honestly, I was hoping for a very specific burger experience when I went yesterday. Yeah. And I didn't get it. I just wanted it a little bit rarer than it was. Mm. But I mean, it was still good. I'm, I'm happy I went. Yeah. But yeah, I I was I was hoping for that threshold of good burger. <laughs> and it was... Somewhere between average and good burger. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But it was I not mean
0: bad. Yeah. It was I mean, <laughs>
1: I, I would still think, given the circumstances, it definitely felt like not like roughing it, but something similar, where it's <laughs> like, you know, this is this is the struggle that we have to deal with in this day and age of the pandemic right now as far as dining experiences go. Yeah. You know. But Which, of course, I'm being facetious. It was not a struggle at all. But
0: No, you were able to be served food. Yeah. Which is very nice.
1: Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's one of those things that is such a strong New York City experience. And I don't foresee it being something that would go away, you know, but it is definitely something that's, uh, I miss, and you know, yeah. I would like for it to return sooner rather than later.
0: I think it will. It's um, the diners have always amazed me how that, like, when you talk about price, they usually are so cheap, yeah. but they they just stick around yeah. while restaurants that are expensive fold. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. They must have like 100-year leases or <laughs> yeah. something.
1: Yeah. Well, there was a diner where, near where I worked in Soho called the Landmark Diner. And that was truly an average diner. The food there was average. Yeah. But because it was in an area where everything else had given way to flagship stores, yeah. It was it was a good diner. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to that, like, I mean, that's when you get an opportunity to become a diner regular. Which right. Which is, I mean, there aren't many better retail experiences. Oh,
0: gosh. Than
1: being a regular when they, like, know what you they want. They know what you want. They call you honey. Oh, it's you know, so they nice. You know, they're it's very... It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, when I left my job... They, like,
0: sit down in your booth with you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's nice.
1: When I left my job, I told them and they were, you know, somewhat saddened, but not like, you know... I wasn't... I don't know if even that... I don't know if I want to be that regular where, like, I'm breaking somebody's heart that I'm leaving. But it was like, there was a level of concern given to the fact that I was leaving and that's all I really wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's nice. Yeah. So, I have a question for you. Yeah there's diner. I feel like the diners in New York they're not all the same also. We have like the Greek diner mm-hmm. is a common one. Mm-hmm. The Jewish diner is another one. Mm. Then there's sort of like the Amer- like the classic American
1: well, what do you think of when you think of the Jewish diner?
0: I think it's like it's like the deli meets diner.
1: Oh, well, so, like, are you thinking, like, the appetizings?
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I'm thinking, like, not Katz's or something like that, but, like, yeah. there's a there's a famous one uptown mm. that I can't think of the name of right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is, you're right. I mean, there's, like, the, the whitefish sandwich and, like, matzo ball soup and, like, yeah, that yeah. type of, yeah. 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 And then, I mean, the American diner... I feel like is fairly similar to the Greek diner, it just maybe doesn't have like heroes di- and Slovakia. Yeah, but the, and things exactly like that.
0: the Greek diner would have like the Moussaka, the Pasticio, the yeah. spanakopita, and like but that, but that's an interesting thing too. I feel like in because diners were a big deal in Allentown. Yeah. But we only had sort of just like the retro diner.
1: Yeah.
0: Where there'd be a jukebox. Right. And it would be silver
1: it's like a caricature
0: but like not they were they had been there for a long time right, right. but it was like i took you to the ham fam yeah right and yeah. That, <laughs> but what was your diner experience in long island uh
1: the diner experience in long island is there there aren't many diners that are like elvis diners okay they're mostly greek diners oh Okay. i don't think there's really I don't recall going to a lot more of the, the Jewish diners that you're talking about. Yeah. That, and maybe
0: I'm classifying that wrong.
1: I mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't... I I do think it... I It, it like straddles the line between yeah. just like a deli and diner.
0: Yeah. Either way, that's sort of like... I. That is one thing that I also really like about New York. And maybe we're going too much of a tangent because we are way off the route now. Yeah, right. <laughs> but one of my favorite places in, in New York when I first moved here was the Stage Deli. Sure. Which is in the East Village. And that isn't a diner, but isn't a deli, but it's something in between. And it's like a counter service situation. Yeah. And yeah, I like that there's all sorts of these like cheap eateries where you know what you're going to get. And like you said, it's sort of like, it's never going to be like amazing, but it's also not going to be bad. It's always just going to be like, kind of like comfort food, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to frequent more of them in the future, either in parking lots or maybe, <laughs> maybe one day going back inside again. I guess we'll see. Wow, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So from there, we went over to Bayside, the kind of town area, Mm -hmm. which was most notable for the fact that we were passing on a side street, and we passed a house with a big bush of lavender, and I smelled it, and then I plucked some for Jessie to smell, and she was actually able to smell it.
0: Yeah! It was so exciting. Yeah. And I guess for a lot of people listening, they're like, what? I lost my sense of smell when I was 16 when I got my wisdom teeth out and um, they hit a nerve or something. And in uh, really over the last 10 years or so, every once in a while, I'll smell something and yeah, like, like a couple times a year, maybe I'll smell something. Yeah. And every time it's really exciting. Yeah. I don't know what it is about certain smells that just kind of push through, right. but yeah. <laughs> the lavender did it.
1: Yeah. So that was great to see and great to you know, <laughs> great to smell. And we went from there to Crocheron Park, which is on Little Neck Bay. Yeah. It's that I mean, I think that might be the closest we're going to get to Long Island. We're talking like less than 2 miles before we're in Nassau County. Yeah, at that
0: we point. were really close. That actually so, to be uh, to a full confession here, <laughs> <laughs> Bayside, I didn't realize we were going to get to see the water. Mm. Like, it's by the side of the bay. That's why it's named <laughs> that, right? But when we got to that park and you said, I want to go to the water, I was like, oh, there's probably a pond or something. And <laughs> then we got, and I was, it was the bay. There were boats out there. It was like, yeah, it felt like we were in Long Island. Yeah. Um, So that was nice. That was nice. It was a nice surprise. It was good for me to recognize that, yes, Bayside is by the bay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that was a very nice park. We enjoyed it. We really only fully explored it on Sunday. Yeah. But we'll be back there again as we go through subsequent walks. So. Sure. Yeah. And then from there, we went to... Utopia Parkway and Utopia Bagels, which,
0: as you know
1: from the last episode, I could go on for quite a bit about that, but we'll go very quickly. Jesse was able to have gluten-free bagels, so that's really what made it special.
0: Yeah, I could do a rant about bagels, too, if I wanted to, but I don't, I'll let you have that, Mike. No, no. No. No, I actually just don't have that much to say about it, except that I love bagels and i haven't been able to eat them for years because i have celiac disease and i found that out 5 years ago or so and it's always so exciting when someone has gluten-free bagels that i can eat yeah and yeah they did not only did they only have or not only did they have gluten-free bagels but they had 3 different flavors yeah they had plain everything and cinnamon
1: yeah they also had gluten free donuts.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: So basically, whenever Jesse was on the walk with me this week, we got a bagel. It's true. Because it's Jesse's birthday week, so yeah, she birthday gets bagel whatever. week. Yeah, she gets whatever <laughs> she wants. And I had a Bialy there and a bagel there. They were very good bagels. The I think befitting the fact that it's so close to Long Island, the vibe of the bagel place was very much a Long Island bagel place. Yeah. So there was, like, Sublime playing on the radio, and it was a much more open floor plan. And there were tons of people running around taking other people's orders. And, yeah, it was very very good bagel. And I it also, like, had a lot of the spreads and, like, the full belly locks that I would associate more with city bagel places than... Long Island bagel places, that's not necessarily something that they have the full spread, so uh,
0: mm. high marks
1: all around. Yeah. And and the
0: Everything Bagel had salt on it, right?
1: It did. There it you did. go. It had an acceptable level of salt. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were pretty pleased about that. And from there, we that's kind of like the halfway point of the walk, but we're going to accelerate faster in the description of things, I think. We started going back west after that. And so we go on the cross Island or the cross Island service Road, as we described earlier, and we go to College Point, which is the home of one of our favorite establishments,
0: Spa, Spa Castle. That's right, Spa <laughs>
1: Castle, which currently is open Yee. but. Not open in our hearts.
0: Not open to us.
1: No. I mean, they're
0: open to us. We are not open to going into the spa castle at the moment. Yeah. For those now. I don't f- know how you would do that right now. I just don't know how that works. What are you, are you, are you wearing your mask in the hot tub? If you're not, what, what's moving around? And I don't like, it's already like what you go into spa castle and you're like, what's moving around in here? Like already. Yeah. But you deal with it because there's not a deadly virus spreading around. But now, I don't know. I just think.
1: Yeah. I mean, There's like
0: a naked area? What am I going to do? Am I going to go in there with my mask on and nothing else? I don't... Yeah. I can't. I can't do that right now.
1: I agree. I um, <laughs> We are both fervent defenders of the castle. Yeah, But there, normally. Are, there are some lines that we cannot hold. But there seem to be other people going, so good. They can keep Spot Castle going for sure, now. Sure, sure, sure. And yeah. then one time there will be a day when we will feel happy to return to Sauna Valley. Yeah. But something that we discovered uh, there this week was that there's a park right behind Spock yeah. Castle. Called Powell's Cove Park. And we've never noticed it because we have our minds on one thing when we go to Spock Castle and that's lounging. It's, yeah. To the max.
0: It's the sauna. Yeah. The sauna and the sing, And that's really all we want to do <laughs>
1: the in there. The sauna and the Sing. Yeah. So. We went into Powell's Cove Park and it affords a lovely view of the Whitestone Bridge. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, there's like, a, it, it goes from, it's all a tree and trees and meadows and secluded. And then there's just a couple spots where it peeks out into some marsh area and you can catch a, a brilliant view of the Whitestone Bridge.
0: Yeah, um, that's true. It's funny a beautiful view of the Whitestone Bridge is funny to me because my experience on the White Stone Bridge is usually just like sitting in traffic and it's <laughs> not it's not usually it's like when it's what you drive over to enter back into New York City when you've been away and right. or go out. And yeah. But um but yeah, it was really quite nice. Strange Near the edge of the water, there was a lot of trash that we figure must have washed up. Yeah. Because the rest of the park was super clean. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we walked right up to the water there and, yeah, totally, like, littered with little pieces of plastic and, like, the inside of Bic pens. Yeah. And, yeah. A little just
1: disappointing, like... but I don't think through anybody in particular's fault. Again, it didn't no, really look no. like people were littering at the park. It looked No, like it something didn't seem that at all. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And the park was big enough that, that that just happened. That was like one little path that went to the water that we took. But the rest of the park was really quite lovely. Yeah. Nice to walk through.
1: Yeah. So we went there. And then we start going south. And there's this one little park that wouldn't be worth mentioning called College Point Fields, which is a bunch of ball fields. Were it not for the fact that I saw something interesting there one day. Yeah,
0: what was it?
1: I was applying sunblock, as is my hobby, (laughs) uh, and I was leaving the park, and there was an older gentleman there at the entrance with three crates. Two of them were empty, and one of them of about four feet by two feet size with a lot of wooden grates on them were contained something like 20 pigeons or thereabouts and it was clear from that that they were you know either racing or homing they were trained pigeons cool and i was interested in talking to the man but he was talking about the pigeons on the phone to somebody else gotcha so you know i just kept walking on my way and very shortly thereafter the flock of remaining pigeons in that one crate flew over my head. Uh, Again, 20 or 30 of them all flying in a ball. Whoa. And all like flapping at the, it's seemingly like the same rate. Wow. And they kind of shot off a couple of avenues down straight away. And then they started doubling back in small circles, kind of like how I would describe one of those tops that have a pen on the top.
0: A doodle top.
1: A doodle top, sure. And (laughs) you let it go on a a piece of paper, perhaps Mm -hmm. with some cavalier attitude, rather than like trying to keep it in one space. And it shoots across half of the page and then does one little turn and then goes a little bit further and does another little turn. And then progressively makes smaller and smaller circles while still going in a line. And so at first I thought, I don't know. I I mean, I've heard stories of pigeons going for miles, so I don't know. I thought, like, they must be gone, I'm not going to see them. But as I kept walking, they ended up going along the route that I was going.
0: That's amazing. And
1: I was able to... Did you think
0: they were tracking you?
1: No, I did not have that type of thought. (laughs) I started to notice that, again, they were, like, circling smaller and smaller, and I guess they were, you know, locating what they thought was their home. Yeah and ultimately i did see them land i didn't actually i guess i can't say i didn't i didn't see them land in particular all of a sudden they were gone and then 15 or 20 steps later the buildings opened up and i was able to see a man in a roost securing it
0: yeah so cool. it must have
1: been the liaison of the older man unless right. the man drove past me but i don't think so i think he mm. just i think he was talking to the guy and the guy locked them up But it was a it was fascinating to see. I would really love to talk to somebody that deals with pigeons in some respect in the city because it's kind of like the ham radio of New York City. Like it is a thing that you know, like Mike Tyson had pigeons. Really? Yeah, this is a thing that I did not know that it's been going on for yeah. I mean, I don't. It might even be over a century. I don't know. You know, pigeons have a storied history that you know eclipses their rat you know, like tendencies right now. Yeah. We actually passed by a closed pet store today that uh, promoted pigeon feed.
0: That's true. And then there was uh, something that looked like a roost on top of there. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been nervous (laughs) if I was with you. I'm like, I'm scared of pigeons. Yeah. Because they're, I think all the pigeons need to be trained. <laughs> we got We got to get the pigeons back in the roost. <laughs> uh,
1: I thought it was cool. And uh, yeah, hopefully I mean, I
0: th- also think it's cool. I just I just have a fear of pigeons and if they were all fl- You said they all flew over my head. Like that's that sounds terrifying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is a bit of a, an aside, but I think it fits cuz we're you know, we're seeing all these, like, random one-off things, yeah, which are great. I mean, I, I love it, and I can't wait to see more of them each week. There was something that I noticed today which is unique to doing the same thing five times in a row, which is that you see changes that are really subtle, but they're dramatic to you, because you're, there are interruptions in a pattern. Mm. So, you know, week one, I saw the the porta potties were blown over. Right. Or not yeah. week one, week two. That was week two. This yeah, week, that was crazy. I I was going to use the restroom and a urinal went from like in service to like covered in a garbage bag and, and like, uh, you know, caution tape.
0: Oh, God, what happened there? I don't know.
1: <laughs> but it like, Yikes. you know, it It wouldn't have been something that like I would have thought twice about had I not used just it, the, used day it the day before before yeah. right. and there was a uh, one of the fire pull boxes had been knocked over, like there huh. must have been a car accident or something yeah. one of the nights that we went by. and just thinking about, yeah, how there's these little incidences that don't seem like a big deal maybe if you're just living your life every day but they kind of take on more value when either when you're living that life like in your neighborhood i guess right or you're just like experiencing a pattern for a few days in a row and you see that interrupted
0: yeah well it's interesting too that it's five days but then not beyond because like for example with those porter potties that got knocked over well, like, to us, they're still knocked over. Yeah. But in reality, they're probably not. They've right. probably been picked up by now. Right. But we saw them standing, and then we saw them knocked over, and then we didn't see them standing again. Right. And we were there a couple more times. Right. So. Right. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing where if you were living there and you were going by all the time, you would never remember, like, oh, yes, you know, Two months ago and three days ago, the porter bodies were knocked down and they were picked up precisely 48 hours later. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you might notice like, oh no, the porter bodies fell down, but then they'd be back up and they like normal.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna be looking out for more of those instances. Yeah, I like that. From there, we go into flushing. Today we visited our friend slash accountant, Frank.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see Frank. Yeah,
1: Frank hey is doing Frank, well. Hey, Frank,
0: if you're listening. Hey, Frank.
1: <laughs> how are you? Frank. We
0: know how he is because we just saw him we today. Did, Yeah,
1: that's right. I don't need to ask. You can't answer anyway. It's
0: the day after tax season. Yeah. The new tax date of July 15th, yeah. 2020 tax season, so... He gets a... A, a little a little bit of a break.
1: That's right. But only
0: a little bit.
1: Yeah, because then there's the extension date for October, so he'll start ramping up again soon. Yeah. So good luck, Frank. <laughs> but it was good to see him. And hopefully, if we can on the future episode where we go through Flushing, maybe you guys get a chance to hear him too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we passed through flushing. There's a lot of industry in that area, which was cool to document. And we, from there, we went past City Field, actually, the first mm-hmm. of our major sports arenas to pass by. And well, uh,
0: no, you stand corrected. Why we what passed we by, by the Barclays Center? Oh, first you're week. absolutely
1: right. You're absolutely right.
0: But that's an indoor arena. This is the first of the outdoor arenas.
1: <laughs> that you're being generous. I, I forgot know. about the Barclays. But <laughs> yeah, so that was cool to see. It looked like there was some activity buzzing around there now that uh, baseball is going to get started soon.
0: Yeah, it looks like it.
1: Yeah. And so from there, we went over, actually back through Corona again this week, just kind of sliced through. Yeah. So, uh, seeing a lot of the things that we saw last week.
0: Yeah, because it edges up against the route that we did last week. Yep. So, there's a little bit of an overlap.
1: Yeah, but then we quickly go out of the overlap again, and we're in Elmhurst for a little bit, mm-hmm. which was a really a, a mixture of several different neighborhood types we've seen. I feel like there were some some kind of standalone houses. There were more row houses as well. There were yeah. also some taller buildings with commercial spaces mixed in mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. There was Elmhurst Park, which had a lot of dance exercising going on on the weekdays.
0: Yeah, that was a cool park. It yeah, was that, that was
1: that was a very nice park. It had a Vietnam memorial as well. And it was... Uh, yeah, it, it it's a lot of tree shade.
0: Yeah, and it used to be. Oh, I took a picture of it, but what was it? It was two. Was it like a nuclear? It was plant? Newtown.
1: No, it was Newtown. Like gas containers. That's or something. what
0: it was. It was gas containers. Yeah, were stored there. Yeah, and then they turned it into a park.
1: Yeah, so great use of land overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I. It was a nice. Nice small park. Yeah. And from there we start kind of getting into the landing phase. So
0: oh, to one speak. more note about Elmhurst. Yeah. Good bathrooms.
1: That park yes, had very automatic good bathrooms. And
0: sinks. Was... Clean. Yeah. Yeah, no no it was like yeah, it felt fresh and clean. Yeah. It was a modern, modern, it it felt like,
1: it felt like a new church, but a bathroom. Yeah,
0: for sure. Totally. Yeah.
1: It also had the best water fountain that we experienced this week, which it was a pretty low bar, but it was, (laughs) uh, it allowed you to fill up your whole water bottle. And yeah. Yeah. Didn't look like there had been a lot of water balloon fill-ups there. Yeah. Which is a big thing around (laughs) parks. So, so yeah, that was cool. And, yeah, as I was saying, we kind of go into landing mode from here. We went through Masspeth, and we went through a section of Masspeth that was not the industrial section that we went through last time. It was more like the uh, like commercial zone. Right. And so that was cool to see. And from there, we generally turn on the Fresh Pond, which is where we went last week, you know, and kind of make the... Final three mile march home, basically. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's our route. And yeah, hopefully you've seen some of the footage of it. Yeah, um,
0: it's, I think some of it'll link up, right?
1: For sure. I'll probably make my life a little bit harder trying to make it match up more than it should. Oh
0: no. <laughs> but they'll like it. Yeah,
1: I hope so. And yeah, as far as like, You know, other things. There was something that I haven't talked to you about that I thought was really interesting that I experienced this week.
0: Oh, what was it?
1: With respect to the, like, what hurts department or, like, the physical, you know, thing.
0: Yeah, what is it?
1: It wasn't a a hurt. It was actually the opposite. I'm, I'm not sure how to explain it. I wonder if somebody that is an athlete has experienced this previously. There's something going on with my feet. So the past... Two weeks, there've been a. I've had a bunch of like heel blisters, and those are finally going away, which is great. My skin's kind of cracked and whatnot, but like it's, it, it, the the pain is very minimal. And I think there's something about having your feet inside a shoe for so long, or or something, uh-huh. and like having it kind of compressed.
0: Okay. But
1: recently when i get home my feet have been experiencing this thing that's something like a somewhere between tickling and pleasure
0: weird yeah
1: like i and it doesn't feel like blood's returning or something but like that like emotionally maybe is what it feels like huh. and also like any tactile experience of the on my feet like we have a A yoga mat on the in the living room floor right now and I do stretches for like 15 minutes every morning and then there's like a ribbed carpet like a I don't know what like a corded. It's It's like a a jute. A jute jute carpet and so that's very textured and if my feet are on that and especially if like my feet like slip a little bit on that it has this like again like pleasurable slash tickle sensation. Weird. And what I think the weirdest part about it is like I can just think about that sensation now and like feel it in my feet.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: So I don't really know what it is that's happening. But yeah,
0: someone please know and tell us.
1: But it's not bad. And we also have this like spiked ball. Yeah. And that feels pretty good too. Yeah. Like, as far I as I like that ball too. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's this weird like massage sensation without a massage. Huh. Yeah.
0: I mean, that. yeah, that's great. That I sounds guess. great. I mean,
1: it's better than pain. For sure. Yeah. It's great. And the doctor's like, actually, it's not great at all.
0: Oh, I don't want to hear that. I
1: know. I was going to go further, but I know you'd start being upset.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we haven't quite finished the episode yet. Bye. Yeah. But <laughs>
1: I think that's all from, like, the pain check-in thing. Yeah. I've been having some, like internal fighting with the sneakers i have where there's an external (laughs) 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 where i have a pair that for some reason i just don't favor i feel like it's not as good as the one pair but i want to wear them evenly so that i get the most value but then like what is value when you're walking so much yeah so
0: yeah i yeah i get it
1: i don't know i i'm this is it's going to continue to be a problem i think in my head but honestly problems are just what your mind does <laughs> like it's it's going to be something and if it's going to be that that is totally an acceptable level yeah if
0: it's like actually hurting you then get new shoes yeah but if it's just in your head then yeah yeah but it's hard to know it's really hard to know because it's also like the sock and shoe combination or how you're walking or like it could even just be like the weather if it's like extra hot and you're sweating a lot and maybe that's why you got blisters, you know? Yeah.
1: But we actually or I actually bought a couple of new pairs of shoes on the 4th of July. On sale. And I'll be wearing, I think I've decided I'm just going to bring one pair with me and feel like very confident that it's been worked in rather than trying to bring two pairs and like doing both at once. You know.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: So, but yeah, so I. It's a good idea. Yeah, I'm like to get those worked in before the fall starts, so I'll have an ample amount of time to do that. Yeah. But it's going to be a thing, you know, moving forward to like continue to on weekends wear new shoes in order to have them prepared.
0: I have to get new shoes too, and that's I've actually been having a similar struggle in a way where I have a pair of Hoka's that I got for our Washington trip, Mm -hmm. and I got them because previously I'd worn Nikes that worked really well, but I went to the Nike store and the Nike salesperson told me to go, to leave, go to the Jackrabbit and buy Hokas, so I, I did, and then... I got a lot of blisters on the Washington trip, and I had never gotten blisters before. Yeah. So I had kind of, like, sworn off the Hoka's. I would bought new Nikes, but now the Nikes have started giving me blisters and the Hoka's aren't. So I'm so confused. But I don't know if it's, like, maybe now that the Hoka's are more worn in than the Nikes because those are a little newer yeah. or what the deal is. But I'm going to have to get new shoes, and I don't know what brand to go with now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm torn. I don't know. I also don't know if the Hoka's gave me blisters in Washington, maybe because of the terrain. Yeah. Or my socks. Yeah. I don't know. I'll never know. Right. So. No,
1: we never can know.
0: We never can know. It's also a different style Nike than what I had before, and I don't even know what I had before because I threw them away because they were busted. Right. Because I'd walked hundreds of miles um yeah. <laughs> previously.
1: Well, if anybody so. in the audience has opinions on what shoes we should get, please communicate them to us, either yeah. the comments or in person or through Gmail. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think especially shoes for me. You you like you like your New Balance.
1: I'm just going to try and get the the same version as much as possible. Yeah. And that's just that.
0: Yeah, but I'll take suggestions. I'll try and I'll try up to one more brand.
1: <laughs> we, I guess one one last thing. We got some electrolyte drink.
0: We did, yeah, that's true, and it's good. Yeah, it's what's pretty good. What's it called, good. Vitalite?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's. I was looking for. I googled what's a healthy alternative to Gatorade powder. Yeah. I think is what I googled. Yeah. And then I read two articles. Yeah. And then it yeah, it's like low sugar. It has more sodium in it to replace when you're sweating. So I thought it'd be good for the summer. Yeah. And yeah, it seems fine.
1: Yeah, I mean it it tastes like you're drinking energy. So that's good.
0: Yeah. And it's it doesn't actually have that like I think it's fruit punch flavor. I know it's fruit punch flavor. I just turned my head and read it. <laughs> um but i don't feel like it has that much flavor do you
1: no, no i don't it's and it, that's it, but it it's one of those things much like Gatorade tastes better when you're exercising yeah it tastes better when you need it so yeah and in that respect that's good i mean it could always get like something with more sugar like as a treat if you need it but
0: yeah but i specifically wanted something with less sugar yeah that, i mean that's
1: the so now I'm bringing two of these bottles with me each time. We we bought yeah. these like smaller pie platypuses, <laughs> that are 16 ounces each. Yeah. And so you just kind of like down them like, I don't know.
0: In two, in two turns. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's good. We just continue to iterate on what our fuel situation looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we will continue.
1: But I think that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening, those that have gotten to the end of the episode. We... This should be coming out on the regular scheduled Tuesday. Yeah. And we'll be starting walking up again on that day. And we'll be doing East Queens.
0: That's right. The
1: Queens March continues.
0: (laughs) For two more weeks.
1: Yeah. So... Until then, have a great week.
0: Yeah, have a great, um, have a great post-birthday week to everyone. Yeah, post my birthday. Post, that is
1: post Jesse's birthday. And uh, yeah, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, please do so. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye.